Biodynamics is a very personal journey, um, but we also have a big global business as well. So I, I want to pull in on that. At Geoleak, we talk about the life force of nature, and that is what biodynamics means. Bios is life, and dynamos is force. And that life force energy is what we're trying to encapsulate in our recipes and then putting it into skincare. So for me, biodynamics is that life force, that pull that's happening around us that we're not necessarily connected to anymore. Welcome to this podcast series, Biodynamic Farmers and Gardeners in Australia. The series was commissioned by Biodynamic Agriculture Australia Limited and produced by Householders Options to Protect the Environment, Hope Incorporated Australia. Biodynamic Agriculture Australia Limited is a not-for-profit company located in Bellingen, New South Wales. It has been making and supplying biodynamic preparations as well as supporting biodynamic growing in Australia for over 30 years. Biodynamic Agriculture Australia Limited values biodynamics as a practical and holistic technique that is able to regenerate soil, supercharge organic growing, restore biodiversity and work with Mother Nature. The podcast series was produced on and adjacent to the traditional lands of the Jarawa, Guyabal, Yugara and Waka Waka First Nations peoples of the surrounding region. We pay respect to the past, present and emerging leaders of all First Nation Australians in this country and celebrate the unique contributions their cultures make to this place. And in the context of this podcast series, particularly those contributions involving Indigenous respect for and stewardship of the nature of Australia, with its attendant spiritual and practical care for country, the sovereignty of which was never ceded. Hello, my name is Andrew Nicholson, and I am the producer of the Biodynamic Farmers and Gardeners in Australia podcast series. My guest on this episode of the series, Sherry Hutchinson, is a farm manager for the Jerleek Natural Skincare Company and oversees the production of more than 35 different botanicals and healing herbs on Jerleek's farm at Biggs Flat in the Adelaide Hills of South Australia. Jerleek's natural skincare business was established in 1985 by Jürgen and Ulrika Klein. The owners were passionate about growing biodynamically, which led to Jerleek's farm receiving biodynamic accreditation in the 1990s. Working for the company, Cherie fell in love with the ethos of biodynamic farming. She attended regional and statewide workshops on agriculture and horticulture and learnt about biodynamics on the job through, and through training providers and workshops, including those run by the Biodynamic Australia Association. She holds a diploma in horticulture. A written account of Cherie's biodynamic management experience is contained in an associated compendium profile booklet of all the guests interviewed for this podcast series. So a very warm welcome, Cherie, and I'm really looking forward to our conversation today. Thank you, Andrew. Me too. Cherie, let's start the story of your evolution as a biodynamic horticulture manager and the work at Jerleek through a fuller self-introduction. So can you describe your current work role at Jerleek and give us a profile of the location and main characteristics of the farm there, for instance, in terms of its location, block size, landscape, geology and soil type, and of course, an overview of your current work as manager there? Well, I've got a pretty diverse role. Being a manager of a property, um, you have to think about obviously how we we work the land, but also it's about people, very much a people management role. And that's my background in people management. My first role at Jerleek was um, production manager in the filling hall. 
um, which was over 70 different staff and personnel at, at the business. And then a couple of years after that, um, my intrigue with the farm was definitely pulling me. Um, I'm from the region. I'm from Adelaide Hills. I'm from Harndorf, which is about 10 minutes from the property that we have at Jolique. And um, I got the opportunity to go out there for six months um, to people manage the property, um, to just get on top of some personnel things and um, see where we were at as a business. And I absolutely fell in love um, with my backyard, really. Uh, That's how it felt for me. And um, and also, also the people, um, I've learned so much from them. We're on 105 acres or 42.28 hectares in Bigs Flat. Uh, it's about 10 minutes from Harndorf. A lot of people do know where that is. Um, and it is the third farm that Jolique has run. The first farm was at Nairn, which was on five acres. Um, and then they bought another property that the founders, um, Jürgen and Ulrika, um, in Mount Barker Summit. And that was about 12 and a half acres they were farming for production. And then going to 105, we don't farm all of that. We we farm only a proportion of that, um, which is fantastic for organic and biodynamic farming because we can rest our land. And we grow over 30 different botanicals that go into our skincare range. So what my role is to understand all the different recipes that go into our skincare, and we do over 100 products, understanding the yield of the plants, what goes into what product, and then what we do with that product is we pick it fresh, we call that wet weight, dry it, and then extract from the dried materials. The wet weight is what I'm looking for as a farm manager, and that's our yield. And I need to understand what we need in every 12-month window. Um, As the dry weight is stored for three years, then what I do is backfill um, that year's um, profile that we've just used in our recipes. And, And then we generally get some type of cadence that happen on the property We know what plants to plant when, um, and that's been something that I've definitely taken on in my role is that real understanding of where the labour constraints are, how the seasons operate, um, what are the best times to plant what plant, um, and so it's quite a diverse um, role really. And then you throw in on top of that, it's something we're passionate about at Jolique is explaining it to the customer exactly what we're doing and transferring it into premium natural skincare. Um, that is exported into 27 countries at the moment, including Australia, of course. Um, so there's also tourism as well. So showing people what we do and why and taking people on the biodynamic journey. Um, we've got quite a hot summer here. Um, generally, our usual seasons, and I, I do chuff a little bit because in the last 10 years, I've seen the wettest uh, season in history and the driest. Um, and this year is looking like quite a traditional year with a with a more um, warmer spring. Um, and last year, we didn't have spring. We had winter and then summer. It rained from pretty much the 1st of May to the 1st of December. So, look, biodynamics is a bit like that, right? You've got to work with what Mother Nature is giving you. Um, so our hot summers are perfect for our roses, and then we've got our cool, wet winters. And generally, our waterfall starts on Anzac Day or roundabouts. And then we generally have our, our rain turned off at this time of year, and then we have that nice dry um, summer, which is what um, our botanicals are looking for. We mostly grow Mediterranean crops at the property as well. So that's just a brief overview of what we can do, and I can deep dive into lots here, Andrew, so I, I won't keep rambling along. So that's just a bit of an oversight of what the property's like. Well, we, we will come back to that, you know, in more depth for different, <laughs> for different aspects, no doubt, because there's a lot to hear. But thank you so much yeah. for the o- overview of how and what you, you know, produce, uh, how Jolique has, has literally grown, you know, no pun intended, you know, from a smaller yeah. start to the current situation. And um, 
starting to get a hint there, perhaps, of one of the you know the differentiating features of biodynamics specifically that intentional focus i mean i've heard this term it's not the one you use but paying greater attention or intentionality a much closer you know studying of the soil conditions the seasonality you mentioned there you know just being much more aware of that than perhaps you know commit more conventional agricultural models but perhaps we can come back to that but let's yeah, go sure to this let's go to the nub of this uh sherry you know now in terms of perhaps unpacking this uh, about biodynamics specifically and understanding, a beginning understanding of what this approach to growing things actually entails and what it's all about. So the question here is from your own perspective in 2023, how would you describe biodynamics and what are some of the basic principles and benefits of biodynamic methods as they apply to growing jerleeks, botanicals and healing herbs produce? Look, I will talk about Jolique here because it, I think biodynamics is a very personal journey, um, but we also have a big global business as well. So I, I want to pull in on that. At Jolique, we talk about the life force of nature, and that is what biodynamics means. Bios is life and dynamos is force. And that life force energy is what we're trying to encapsulate in our recipes and then putting it into skincare. So for me, biodynamics is that life force, that pull that's happening around us that we're not necessarily connected to anymore. And in 2023, and in particular the last couple of years um, after the pandemic, we've had to literally slow down and really reconnect with our gardens. And I don't know if it's the same for you, Andrew, but nurseries in the region are often selling out. So a lot of people are getting back connected with our gardens. Regenerative agriculture, permaculture, sustainable agriculture, biodynamics i mean they're all a bit the same when you think about putting more back into the soil treating the soil with the utmost care but for me biodynamics is another step again and it's a real spiritual and it's a feeling it's a real connection to what you do and how you do it and um it isn't something you can you can um just do in one year it takes time i'm very fortunate this is my 10th season at jerlick farm so i've seen such an array of different seasons and leaning on biodynamics is that sense of knowing that we will be okay um to work with the cadence and the flow of nature to look at that spiritual angle um and we talk about the cosmic influences which i'm more than happy to, to delve into and the moon rhythm pool of water um, but also it's that feeling, that sense of understanding your property in a deeper sense. Um, and we've got pockets on the property on 105 acres that differentiate in, in terms of um, seasonal conditions. Minus five, it'll get on the flats um, on, on the property in the valley floor. And then the top of the property, you might not even see the frost yet. So um, even in itself on, on your own land, you can see differences and changes. Um, and the same, same again with soil. So Look, um, it's a big, big, deep journey, but one that I definitely encourage people to get involved with. Again, just starting to hear, Sherry, thanks for that. You know, some echoes there of that much more closer attention being paid, you know, differentiation even across the property. You know, one size does not fit all is is the sort of take home no. layperson I'm hearing here. And I know that, you know, for instance, that that focus goes down below the soil as opposed to just above it, you know, in terms of landscape, but underneath the soil, the actual soil bacterial communities the organic matter which is of a crucial issue there i know that you know you'll say something about that you know the increase yeah. in the organic matter uh the humus content of the soil which is yeah. one of the really key components of its health but look um let's let's start you know start to move uh, move on again and i suppose you've already sort of in prefigured it there for, in a way as, as talking about how this this way of, of doing stuff and growing stuff differs to standard approaches so the question is do you have any views uh, more views on how the biodynamic 
biodynamic practice principles you've described contrast to more conventional growing methods in your sector of horticultural management? We actually are very reliant on Rudolf Steiner's uh, original inputs. So I'll go right into the depths of what we do. So we make all our own inputs on the property. Um, we we collate um, cow manure. We do the, the horn manure 501. We do the 500 spray. We do the inputs that go into our compost. We rin row our compost. We do about 200 tonne of compost a season. So we are very traditional when it comes to the inputs. I think that's in itself a whole thing to talk about. But then on top of it is the timing of when we do things. And that is really critical and different to conventional. So we are looking at the moon rhythm and the the moon pool of water, planting on a descending moon when the water is quite high in the soil profile and bringing in that spiritual, that cosmic influence on the type of plant we're planting. Now, that is 100% what Jolique Farm does. We don't differentiate between, um, you know, under that. We hit the mark every time we plant, and that is really important for us as a business. When it comes to harvesting, we have to flex because we don't, uh, we don't, uh, we don't work till midnight. We don't work the weekends. So they have to have a little bit of flexibility around harvest because Mother Nature might be raining and it's a great day to harvest, um, but we don't want to be picking wet petals and then they go mouldy. So there are some things you have to be flexible on. But with planting, um, that is crucial. It's crucial to the uptake of the root, um, ensuring um, that the, the plant is really strong and obviously, we don't spray. There's no pesticides or herbicides or anything of the like. So we're wanting to hit that mark all the way from seed to planting, ensuring that we've got the most healthiest seedlings planted at the absolute right time. Again, I, again, as a, as a layperson coming to this, but just picking out a few things that they're hearing that sort of much more environmentally harmonious. You know, you're talking about working in the in conjunction with the cane yeah. in harmony with the cane to nature. Yeah. But you know, at a bigger picture, environmental level, this is all almost always going to be more environmentally supportive. You're reducing the inputs there. You're using natural composting um, sort of nutrients for the soil. You're not whacking it with fertilizer or pesticide and herbicide. So straight away, you know, you're hearing as a as a at a more general picture uh, level picture that this is not going to be as intensively hitting the natural environment there. No, that's right. Absolutely. Okay. Now let's go back in time a bit on your. Uh, you know, your professional development journey. It's always interesting to hear something of the human interest story behind the people who are helping progress new and better ways of doing things. Uh, For instance, their early influences, their motivations, their passions. I mean, some of that's already coming across, uh, Cherie, as you're talking here, you know. Their challenges, (laughs) come on, their challenges, let's face it, and so on. So, Cherie, for you, looking back, how did you first become involved with biodynamic horticulture in the first place? I mean, what is the background story for you here? For instance, did you experience a gradual, sudden shift towards that practice? Was there a light bulb moment? Were there any early influential mentors or influences of significance in your journey? And what resources did you tap into to help build your knowledge base and expertise in biodynamic practice over time? Well, um, I, I started with a clean slate. I had absolutely no idea what biodynamics meant when I started at Jalik. Um, and I inherited the property being run that way. So I was very lucky. I'll be really frank with you. Even those days, um, we kind of just ticked the boxes. I think um, we we were doing it, um, but did we feel it? And I definitely didn't. 
I didn't understand it at all. And hence why I reached out to industry. I reached out to different growers um, and I started to lean on connecting it on a deeper sense for myself, Um, explaining it to the customer. I wasn't connecting. I just didn't understand it. And it just, it went right over my head. So I really, I got into books. I started to talk to people. I started to lean on the farm's experience as well, um, which which is unbelievable. Um, but yeah, it felt like a bit of a box ticking exercise for me personally because I didn't get it. Um, and then I reckon probably four, it took me about four seasons in. Now, Andrew, I've got another thing to say. I, I actually had two children when I've been at Jolique. So I've been pro- pregnant on the property uh, with two of my kids. So I had to slow down. I really did. Um, and um, and that gave me an opportunity to really have a bit of a better think about why we were doing what we were doing. Um, you know, Jolique is a holistic beauty brand. What does that mean? And um, I think you'll find a lot of businesses out there now talk about sustainability, talk about um, natural ingredients, um, but we, we're growing it. it. It's so much deeper than that. To see the way we do it and to see the outcome is absolutely phenomenal. And then on top of it, feeling it too, absolutely slowing down and having a, a an, an understanding of why you're doing what you're doing, I think um, it is was really important to me. I often learn a lot even talking to other people and delivering what we do at Biodynamics. And then they'll say, oh, my, my grandma used to do that that way, particularly, um, you know, tomato plants and, and they'd um, rotate their garden a certain way and they'd put on so, all sorts of different um, inputs and and then you go, oh, well, that makes a little bit of sense. And and so it, it kind of just it delved and it, it, it was a layering over years and years and years, but it took me four, good four years to really understand it. Very interesting to hear, you know, how you, as a clean skin, for want of a better term, you know, came into the into this field, yeah. you know, pun intended. But, um, you know, that, that aspect of it creating, amongst other things in you, because of your need to actually grapple with what this was all about, a personal self-reflection, not just mm. in terms of that professional space. But, and I've heard this from other guests already in this series, there is an aspect to this. There's, there's a lot more, possibly, that it goes on in each time that people are, are going into some new innovative practice. But it seems, you know, that they, there's been some self, you know, thought going in, some self-reflection and recalibration of approaches. So perhaps yeah. we might hear a bit more about that. But look, let's come back now to, you know, 2023 and, uh, you know, come right to the present and tell us more. You started telling us about this, the actual processes you use on the on the farm. Tell us more now about that, those biodynamic techniques you're using on the farm and, and the beneficial impacts they've had on the landscape. You, again, you started a point to this, the landscape, the soil, the flora, the fauna on your property. Tell us more about that, because I think this is one of the selling points of biodynamic mm. agriculture. It produces healthier more nutritious or plant yeah. active stuff but you know it's also beneficial for the landscape it's it's more sustainable agricultural practice so tell us more about all of that in terms of what you do on your farm there well we can break it down uh, right at the start and i think the first thing that i got my hands into was um manure 500 so um filling filling cow cow horns with um cow manure we're really lucky we've got some um really good industry around us um that farm organic and biodynamic so we can lean on that for our inputs um so making that by hand and seeing the outcome that in itself was a journey then going into the 501 um and the the quartz crystal spray 
Um, we actually buy in the grounded quartz crystal from the Biodynamic Agriculture Australia uh, industry. It's a bit too dangerous for us to grind at the property. Um, and uh, we don't have the right equipment. Um, and then uh, the other one would be uh, talking about the life flow um, stirring. That was a really interesting journey as well. I think um, my first journeys were was stirring the 500 by hand um, as opposed to using um, more of a water feature like a life a life flow, if you've seen that before, um, and connecting with that. And I did that with industry initially, um, but then I did it by myself. And I think that was really interesting to, to actually transfer your energy when you're stirring um, and thinking about what you're about to do. Uh, doing in front of an audience is one thing. Doing it by yourself is a completely different thing and and almost meditating when you're doing that. So we do that as well. Look, we, we do 500 sorry, 400 litres um, every time we go out. So we do have to lean on to lean on that. But when we're training people, we do like to use as much as we can our hands. And then the inputs that go into our, our compost, look, there, there is um, eight, nine, ten, depends on the day and what we're actually doing, but we do a lot. Um, but we do it in, in rhythms and we try to use it all up and we take about two years to use all of our inputs and then we go again. Um, again, Adelaide Hills is really rich in industry. Uh, we've got organic farmers that we can lean on for um, getting into the, 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 the gory bits of biodynamics is using stag bladders and cow intestines and things like that. So um, we can get that quite easily, which we're really lucky. So then we know uh, the growers and, and the people that have those animals um, and how that all transpires as well. So, look, um, it's a real deep level Um and then we're, we're a big industry. Jolique is a big industry. So then we've got work instructions. <laughs> so we actually break down how we do it. Um, reading a book is one thing, but actually, you know, how to facilitate making the inputs is really interesting as well. Um, using um, an open-end bamboo stick to, to blow up the intestine to get the chamomile in or whatever it might be. So it's quite intensive. Um, we've got a whole um, series of work instructions um, and how we do things at the property. Well, to say the least, there's a great deal going on at Jerlik's farm. There is a lot. A big flat in the Adelaide Hills. I mean, it can't be. There can't be a spare moment there. Uh, <laughs> but look, uh, you, we start. You're talking there about some very interesting practices, and um, mm -hmm. you know, we're going to come into a question now, which might give you a bit more chance to sort of anchor that, because I know that you're going to talk about. You're going to say something about the personal health benefits. You already have pointed to this in terms of self-reflection, but the personal health benefits to you and your staff of growing biodynamically. Mm. There are bigger picture elements to this, but just staying with that, you know, you're talking there about stags, bladders and other stuff like that, stirring practices. Um, I know that there is this spiritual cosmic element aspect to biodynamic approaches that go back to the earliest foundation of biodynamic practices from, the, you know, the 1920s and Rudolf Steiner. You've mentioned Steiner there. So a question mm. here is... What has been your experience? I mean, you, you, you're talking about the practical experience there in terms of the actual techniques you're using there, but, you know, just expanding that to a slightly bigger picture, what's been your experience of that more spiritual aspect of biodynamics working philosophy? How have you approached those aspects and incorporated them into your growing strategies? Well, I think with um, with traditional horticulture, agriculture, um, you know, that you've got your own cadence. Of course you do, um, but you don't bring in that feeling. And I think um, for me, 
that was what was different inheriting the Jerlick Farm team um, and starting to manage them and seeing how they were reacting to things. It was really personal. Why is it so personal? This is a business. It doesn't feel like that at the Jerlick Farm. It feels like family. Um, and there is a real passion of doing things right for a reason, as opposed to, to ticking a box that I felt when I first started. So that was a real difference for me. I've seen things go wrong. I'll be honest, Andrew. That's what farming's all about, right? You get things wrong. I in particular remember us planting our marjoram on a flower day accidentally and it flowered all season. We could not get any leaf off the plant. So there's some unusual things that can happen in biodynamics and that was one of the first ones that I saw that really triggered, well, hang on, why did that happen and what was off that day? And and it's a, it is about that energy and that balance that property gives you and looking under your feet, of course, at the soil, but also above you as well. Um, so I think that sense of um, the characters that work on the property and that deeper sense of what they were doing was really, um, really different to working in a production facility or people managing in my past history. It, it was it was personal. And, and that really shone really early on for me. I don't know if I've answered your question. I think I've rattled around there. Ah, well, I mean, it, it's, <laughs> as, you, as you implied before, we could spend several episodes on, on this. It's a very big subject, biodynamics, mm, isn't it? And we're it just going to nibble mm. around the edges here. But Yeah, yeah, sure. Interesting you're talking about that, you know, just as we come on to the challenges, because I was going to ask you specifically about that. But, I, I'm, again, I'm taking a, a sort of theme out of this, that if you don't, I suppose, work within the cadences, within the seasonality of the growing cycle, then perhaps things aren't going to turn out as well as they otherwise might. So you're pointing mm. to that, yeah? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Let's just now, you know, shift the focus to uh, the future, what the future holds for your managerial role your, on that very successful farm there down in the Adelaide Hills. Um, for instance, do you have any exciting projects in the pipeline? And what's your future vision you know, perhaps over the next two to ten years, um, for how the farm's going to go, and, perha and perhaps biodynamic horticulture practice more generally. Yeah, I think for me, um, I'm really thinking about um, land usage and how much we're spread out on the property. Uh, we we grew and grew and grew, and we expanded the property. But what comes with that is a complexity around managing people at distance. Um, it felt like um, you came to the property, you couldn't really see what we were doing. Uh, so it was that as well. So my uh, recent journey, um, and we're going to push on on this in the next couple of years, is that leaner of farming approach whilst also delving into biodynamics. Look, that's a staple. That is just happening every day. Um, but how can we get things done better? So I'll give you an example. So we've got... Um, uh, quite a number of roses on our property. Roses are fantastic at softening and hydrating the skin. I don't know if you know that. So that's what we use our petals for. And we do around a ton of rose petals a season. So that was spread out on two, eight, two, um, two kilometres worth of roses, two kilometres, um, which is quite a lot to brush cut. Um, so we're looking at reducing that footprint, um, planting our roses a little bit more densely, and looking after the minimum to to actually get to that. So in past history, we'd plant all we could, we'd, we'd max it out, we'd brush cut, we wouldn't mulch, um, we'd do biodynamics, kind of tick the box there, but we weren't really delving into stuff um, sitting in the full sun all day. Um, they had to, to walk a long distance from the toilets. Um, they had to use the cars, they had to use the tractors. You know, that sustainability messages that we're always talking about in business now. Jolique has always been that, but how can we 
you know, sharpen the pencil, so to say, um, reduce the amount of times we need to use our vehicles, reduce the amount of times we need to till our land and break down each individual crop. And I'm using the roses in particular because that's one we've just completed. So now we're only on and one and a half kilometers as opposed to two, which might not seem like a huge difference, but it is when you think about over a ton of pedal we're producing in one and a half um, kilometers as opposed. Uh, and I'm saying kilometers on for a reason because we've got to walk it um, and you've got to pick that. Uh, so you've got to think about the staff health, their well-being, their body. And also, um, you know, if we're brush cutting, so now we're looking more into mulching, um, what equipment we can use also. We, do have to come along the times you just can't throw uh, a shovel at every anything you also have to think about um um people's well-being as well so i think for me it's continuing that journey and breaking down each individual crop and getting as lean as possible while also the ethos of our property is always and always will be biodynamic so that's just always just going to tick along i think if anything bring on the greater team at jalik um as well as the farm uh, we've got over 150 people that work for Jalik in the Adelaide Hills and only 16 at the farm. The most um, people that work at Jalik are at our beauty plant in Mount Barker. So bring them on the journey and get them to connect more with what we're actually doing because I think that transfers onto the end product. And the end product for us happens to be really pretty, happens to be a hand cream, happens to be a face, lo- face lotion. Um, so I think um, if we can get that right, lean into our past, to look into our future, I think I think we we've got you know another another forty years ahead of us, easy. Well, very interesting, Sheree. You know, perhaps we can come back in ten years' time, say, to re-interview you on some of these ideas and predictions, and and see how it panned out. But you know, I'm 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 hearing that you're very successful by definition. You're very successful model. Your biodynamic growing model down there. You're extending that um, quite clearly, and yeah. uh, for obvious reasons, it works well. I'm also hearing, though, that aspect of the social side of of this. Your your uh, concern for your staff. And it seems to it seems to sit quite well that holistic, more intentional, closer attention to the growing process, the cadences of nature, the, the soil health, and all that seems to sit quite well with the concern and uh, and attention to the well being of staff. So perhaps the well being yeah. of the property, the well being of staff. You know, um, no need to overwork. You know, work like a dog or whatever. You know, it might be the no. Would you say that's true? yeah no. Oh, absolutely. Um, I think the industry overall has changed. You can't just throw people at things anymore, looking at equipment that can be better designed. Um, but also that leaner farming approach means that um, we're not picking as, as many um, and not, not walking as much. Little things go a long way, you know, introducing a physio program, um, understanding those cadences that come with biodynamics happens to us as people as well. So the mental health and well-being of staff wasn't talked about five, I reckon five, even five years ago like it is today. So that is a really important thing for me. And on my personal journey, and I think you were um, alluding to asking me this question as well, I've gone through um, a lot of turmoil in my life, even being at Jalik, having children, but also having a separation in my personal life. I mean, I was the lowest of low I've ever been, and I lent on the property, lent on the farm, lent on the people, and we lean on in one another to build each other's mental health up. And it's a real journey, um, and that, um, you know, I don't know if people in culture like me saying this, but it is like a family, right? You 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 look after one another, and the same goes for, for farm as well. You look after the plants, they look after you. So it's a bit like that as well. Great to hear all that, Shuri. Um, 
And as we come to round off this wonderful interview, let's just start now to sort of chunk down and condense. Next question. Do you have a short take-home message? You've covered a lot of ground there, again, no pun intended, um, for listeners. But perhaps a few sentences or, you know, or something which could help distill your ideas, reinforce what you've been talking about today in terms of that whole biodynamic approach to growing at Jerleek. Yeah, look, um, you can do it in a pot. You can do it in a, in a small courtyard. You don't have to have a big property to do some of these things. And I like to use a tomato plant because uh, a lot of people grow tomatoes at home. And I think look at your tomato um, area that you grow at home like a square. Um, one corner that you're going to grow the tomato, tomato plants one year. The other corners you might put um, some kind of bean or, or a faba bean or a pea, so a legume there. Um, one corner to rest and you just rotate that square at home that's a great way to get started and then lean on industry lean on biodynamics australia they're fantastic resource you can buy small inputs that they make for you and you can use that in your own home garden you can start experimenting because that's the other thing right you just can't read a book and do this i think you just got to try and and get out there and, and give it a go um and and that's a great way to get get going on this journey start small um, and start with small little changes and just see what happens. And um, I think that's the easiest way to take home for, you know, home common gardener, but even industry, horticulture, agriculture, think of your farm like that big square um, and, and rotate your profile and, and think about how you're treating the soil, what you're putting on and how you're making that yourself. Because that is the difference is you're making these inputs and you're putting them on yourself. So you start with the raw ingredients, you see the end result, and then you put them on your plants and then you see the results. Okay, that didn't work for that plant. It did for this. What can I do next time? And it's bringing on your kitchen scraps. It's making your worm juices. It's all sorts of different things that you you, you would do in a home garden. But bring on that biodynamic ethos, which is break it down in that more holistic approach and that balance and then jot down when you did everything you know make that big mud back um think about each quarter or, or whatever season you have in your your region and what's the key you know what day do i usually grow my tomatoes and why can i lean on the descending moon when the water profile is high and it's a fruit day um or you know and just you know tinker i think that's the best thing i can give anybody is just have a tinker have a go you know, again, really interesting to hear this. The personal touch, this is what I'm taking from this little segment here, personal touch, experimentation, but in a closely observed cycle of growing. But it's scalable. It's scalable yeah. downwards. Unlike industrial scale agriculture, you know, you can do this on a garden patch scale. You can do it at a Jerlik farm scale. Presumably you could do it even at a greater you know, scale beyond that. And we'll put some resources into the um, show notes. And, you know, so we'll link to some of the, you know, information that you've talked about there. Okay, Cherie, and the very, very last question to you today after that fantastic, uh, you know, sort of demonstration of uh, and discussion of some of the benefits, again, of biodynamic practice. Do you have any more advice? You've already started giving it uh, in that last section, but do you have any more advice for listeners who might want to find out more about biodynamic methods generally or for existing growers who are thinking about going down that biodynamic route? Where could or should they start? Well, I personally have used Biodynamic Australia Association um, bar. I found that uh, fantastic. I've been to some of their workshops as well. Um, so I didn't go in blindly. I kind of did a little bit of reading initially. So I picked up some of the older um, books. Um, Maria Thun was a really good one um, and uh, and a few other people in the industry. And then I picked them up again once I got to learn a little bit more. Geez, that's an eye-opener. Um, I don't even know if I read it properly the first time around. So I think, um, you know, leaning in on some of those books, some literature, um, going to some workshops, 
going to the association and asking some questions and then doing it again. I think that's probably a, a big take home for me. Um, it sounded like a googly gop. <laughs> and then when I read it again, it made perfect sense. So it's interesting how um, once you start doing these things, um, things start start falling into place and making a bit of sense. Very interesting. You don't know what you don't know, but when you do know something, yeah. then you can anchor new knowledge, but even going yeah. back to existing knowledge, which makes more sense the second time around, yeah. something like that. Oh, and especially the spiritual stuff. So that feeling that came through the books, I did not understand. It wasn't until I got my hands dirty, was doing it myself, seeing the team activate um, a lot of these inputs and then seeing the results and then reading it again. Oh, man, that's when it started to really kick in for me. So that was a big take home. So that, you know, that linking of practice and theory, that that very pragmatic yeah. linkage. And we're going to put some links uh, to these various resources that you've mentioned into the show notes. You mentioned that association. There's also, of course, the Biodynamic Agriculture Australia Limited, and that's actually um, been behind supporting this podcast. And we'll put all that in the show notes. But I think now it's just um, wrap-up time. Look, some of the very quick things I've taken from this very rich interview, working with the seasons and the cadence of nature, paying close attention to your homegrown methods of natural composting and inputs to the land that, you know, is environmentally protective and re reduces the environmental footprint compared to other forms of agriculture. Knowing that this user-friendly model of growing is applicable at many scales, you know, the smaller scale and bigger scale, knowing that there are good professional bodies and associations out there that can help you start a biodynamic journey if you're new to it or want to learn more. So it's been absolutely fantastic. So really, Sherry, it's been inspiring to talk with you today. I'm sure you're giving our audience some thought-provoking ideas which can help them in their next steps towards learning more about biodynamic principles or building on that ground biodynamic operations using the fascinating and more environmentally protective methods of growing that we've been talking about. As with our other podcast series guests, your, your unique story today has helped illustrate the general importance of biodynamic methods in their potential to regenerate the biological health of soil, supercharge organic growing, restore biodiversity and work in harmony with Mother Nature. So what's not to like about that? But now, Sheree... Yeah, exactly. But now, <laughs> Sheree, sadly, it's time to say goodbye. And I was almost thinking there's a pop-up sort of tune there. But I'm, seriously, <laughs> on, on behalf of both the podcast production and support organisations which made this podcast possible, that is Householders Options to Protect the Environment, Hope Incorporated Australia and Biodynamic Agriculture Australia Limited, I want to thank you so very, very much for our conversation today. Thank you very much, Andrew. You've been listening to an episode in the podcast series Biodynamic Farmers and Gardeners in Australia. The series was produced by Householders Options to Protect the Environment, Hope Incorporated Australia, with the generous funding support of Biodynamic Agriculture Australia Limited. It has been a pleasure to help raise awareness of some of the environmentally protective values of biodynamic growing practice in its ability to regenerate the biological health of soil, supercharge organic growing, restore biodiversity and work in harmony with Mother Nature. Please consult the episode show notes for possible follow-up material on topics discussed in interview and any relevant contact details should you wish to respond to anything you have heard. And if you enjoyed the episode, please consider promoting it across your networks and giving it a positive rating in your preferred podcast app. You can also give us feedback via the short five-minute online survey using the link also available in the show notes. 
My name is Andrew Nicholson, producer of the series, and thank you for listening. <laughs>